Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in Joshua this morning, verse tw- or chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. I want to say thank you for being in church with us today, choosing to come and worship with us. Uh, we're, a, we're just kind of a, an old-fashioned shout and have a hallelujah time church, and, and we... Uh, we just uh, want you to mind, be mindful of what God have you to do in the service. You do your part. We'll try to do our part, and God will get all the glory. Amen. And uh, uh, I appreciate the prayers for traveling grace. I came back in record time yesterday. I don't think I've ever had an easier journey back from Kentucky. And uh, Brother Ronnie Spriggs and his bunch sends their regards and says hello to each and every one. And just had a, a good time up there. And, Thank God for the opportunity to go. Thank you for being here today. I am in Joshua 24, verse 14. If you found that, shout amen. Amen. I hear the rain falling. I'll wait till it stops. Pages turning, sounds like rain. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. That's what I preached on last time. Uh, uh, Serving the Lord and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and served ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, there's many in our nation today that's upset over a righteous ruling, and they think that's evil. But if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Your choice. Uh, That's why I'm in the Free Will Baptist. I believe you choose. God don't make you choose. It's a choice. You you can choose or not choose. Uh, Either that or tear this verse out of the Bible right here. Say, now that's Old Testament, preacher. You can't separate the old and the new. The word is the word. Whether, listen, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Now, it wasn't confined uh, particular to the Amorites. There was a lot of other uh, nationalities or uh, groups of people, if you would, that that, uh, dwelt in Canaan at this time, but he used them predominantly here. In whose land you dwell, but as for me, and I woke up, and God, this is what the Holy Ghost whispered to me, me and my house will serve the Lord. I want to preach today for a little while on me and my house. Father, I love you, and I thank you for the day and the time and the chance for the sweet spirit. My, how you love us. Lord, we thank you for that. I thank you for allowing me to be here. Now, God... I can't do a thing without you today. I won't even try. So I'm, I ask you to stand with me one more time, Lord. I help, help me preach God like a dying man to dying people. Uh, use me for your glory and honor. Fill my mouth, guard my tongue. Preach me with accuracy inside the bounds of the book. God, and be glorified in what's said and done here today. I, 
I'm depending. If there be a lost one out here today, God, I pray today they'd make the choice to serve the Lord. But for Christians, and for Mike McCoy, for me and my house, Lord, <laughs> I don't want to serve self. I want to serve you, Lord. Help me today. In the King's name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Joshua's winding things up. He's not far from leaving. Some of you probably today aren't far from leaving. You don't think that. People, we don't live that way. We think we're going to be here for a long, long time. But in a congregation this size, there's a good chance some of us are close to leaving. You don't know who it's going to be, when it's going to be, but you're going to leave. Joshua's time had come. It is winding down for Joshua. Joshua has called the tribes together, and he's going to instruct them before he leaves. He wants to leave them with something that they need to know. And here's the, here's the question he's going to pose to them. Uh, uh, who are you going to serve? Choose this day who you're going to serve. Now, as I'm contemplating this yesterday and, and in study, I've I seen some, uh, my mind went somewhere I'd never gone in this particular passage before. And my, my thought was this, why, why was Joshua so dogmatic about whom he was going to serve? Now, can I ask you that today? Now, some would say, well, I don't want to go to hell. I, I don't know about you, but I was looking for fire insurance when God came my way. And they'd preached on hell every service. I'd heard it all my life. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost revealed to me that that was true. And I didn't want to go to hell. And I, hey, my first words the day God saved me as a boy at a locust fence post was this, God, I don't want to go to hell. I knew that was true. God hath revealed it to me by his spirit and I understood that if I died at that moment because I had the knowledge of that place and the judgment of God, that's where I would land. And I was fearful of the Lord and I began to weep inside myself and outwardly and I was scared and I cried unto the Lord. I, this poor man cried unto the Lord and he delivered me out of my troubles. Joshua is thinking about something. And I want us to consider this. Things that Joshua witnessed that I believe we can prove by Scripture was what contributed to the very fact that as for me and my house, you can do what you want to do. If you don't want to serve God, you think it's wicked to serve God, you want to call what's evil, good evil and what's evil good. Like Isaiah said, you go ahead and do it. You want, to, you want to be pro for the things that's against the scripture like most of our politicians are. You go ahead and do it. But I'm telling you, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And now that's going to upset some people. 
They're not going to like it because you choose to serve the Lord. But look, look, it's not the people I've got to answer to. As Brother Gordon taught us in Sunday school, it's the Lord I'm going to have to answer to. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I may not worship and, and preach and, and my message may be a little unorthodox and it may not be up to the, the quality that some is accustomed to, but as for me and my house, I want us to consider the things that Joshua had witnessed. Now, I'm, first Joshua witnessed this. Joshua witnessed God parting the waters. Joshua was on the bank with the children of Israel. He had walked out with the children of Israel. The enemy was behind them. The pillar of cloud was between them. It was darkness to the Egyptians. It was light to the Hebrew. And Moses raised that rod and said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the Lord sent a great wind and the wind divided the water of the Red Sea. And the Bible said they walked across on dry ground. Somewhere in that crowd was a young man named Joshua. If time tarry and God allows it to go on and he calls me home one day, there's some young men in this crowd today that'll say, I heard, I, my, Mike McCoy at one time was my pastor and I got to hear him preach. No Nothing good for me, nothing good about me, but all about him. Joshua could say to the congregation in years past, you know what I done? I stand in there that day when the rod of power was raised and Moses said, stand still. And I watched, I seen the wind. I felt the wind begin to blow. And I watched the sea stand up on each side. And I watched them walk across on dry ground. And I walked right across with them, praise God. You know what that's a picture of? That's a picture of coming out of the lost land into the saved land, passing through the water of this world. Every saved person in this room one day come walking across the dry ground. God parts this world and brings us through. He was there that day. But you're not going to find Joshua in the Word of God until there's a battle. All of a sudden, the Amalekites ain't going to let them come through. And Moses calls up Joshua. Now, all them other guys out there, and Joshua's the one he called. And he said, choose you out some men. We're going to battle. Can I tell you today, you're in a battle. You're in a battle. And you can't fight it by yourself. You need somebody to choose it out for you. You boys are in a battle. You don't know it. But you're in a battle. You're fighting against things you've never seen before, son. It's just going to sneak up on you. And you wonder why things start falling apart and not going the way it ought to go. And it's rough out here. You know what? Jesus said in this world you're going to have tribulation. 
Oh, yeah, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Joshua was chosen, Brother Seth, at a time of battle. That you first see Joshua when there's a battle. And he chooses out the men, and you know what happens? Moses is standing on the hill. Aaron and her is standing there with him. Moses holds up the rod again. And as long as the power of God is raised, they're winning the battle. But when the arm begins to come down, the battle starts going the other way. All of a sudden, no, Aaron and her says, he needs a little help. <laughs> one got on one side, one got on the other side. They'd raise them arms and hold them up. I'm just going to tell you, I'm glad for God and the presence of God and the people of God that have helped hold my arms up. And if you've been saved for any length of time, there's been a time when somebody come alongside you and held your arms up for you. And done that so you wouldn't go down in the battle. So we see Joshua at the waters parting. We see him in a war. At a time of war. But it, I think these are the things that influenced him. Here's what the Bible said. The Lord told Moses to do this concerning Joshua. He said, now write this in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. Why would he do that? So he wouldn't forget. We learned in Sunday school this morning. You've got to go over, stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. So he wouldn't forget. Don't forget. Don't you forget, Joshua. The Lord won this battle. The Lord won the battle. The Lord parted the water. You write it down in a book, Moses, and rehearse it in Joshua's ears. I think that's two reasons that contributed Two things Joshua witnessed and was part of that contributed to him being dogmatic concerning me and my house. But there's another thing that I found. Now, some of you know this, some of you may not. In Exodus 24 and 13, when Moses has come down and give them the oral law and they agree to the law and God's about to call Moses up on the mountain then and write the law with his finger on the stone, tablets of stone and the Bible said Moses rose up and his servant Joshua. So Joshua went with Moses to the mountain. Now Joshua didn't go on top of the mountain and I'll prove that in scripture in just a moment but Joshua was at the mountain with Moses how long was he there Moses was 40 days and 40 nights on top of the mountain and then the Bible said let me give a scripture I think it's Exodus 32 in Exodus 32 and 17, the Bible said, and Moses came down from the mountain and Joshua told him, there's a sound of war out there. What does that tell us? Joshua's not in the camp with the rest of the heathens. He's at the mountain waiting on Moses. And for 40 days and 40 nights, that boy waited on the master. I don't like waiting 15 minutes. I'm just going to tell you now, if you ever tell me you're going to be somewhere and I'm sitting there and it's five minutes after you told me you was going to be there, I'm a little put out by it. I'm a little put out. 
Because if I tell you, Danny White, I was picking up Sister Kathleen to take her to the hospital one time. Danny is having surgery, and brother said, Brother Mike's going to come by and pick you up. So it was, about, it was about 5 o'clock in the morning when I went by to get her. And he said, now if I know Brother Mike, he's going to be 30 minutes early, so you better be ready to go. I didn't quite get there 30 minutes. I want to give her just a little cushion, about 15 till I pulled in the driveway. I seen the light come on. She's ready to go. What are you waiting on right now? And it may feel like an eternity. Joshua, just, we don't have the account. We don't have, we don't have the record of what Joshua done other than he went with Moses to the mountain. Moses went up the mountain, into the cloud, into the fire, into the darkness. By the way, that's what the law, the first testament was that and is that to a lot of people. It's darkness. The fire was on top of the mountain. It looks like the thunder and lightning. The fire is on top of the mountain. He don't understand this. What are we going to do here? Joshua just waits at the bottom. He went up. Surely he's coming back down. I want you to get a hold of this. By waiting in the place where God had him, he missed the sin of the camp. If he gets impatient, pulls up stakes and goes running back to the camp, he might have gotten involved. I don't know. Maybe not, but he would have been subjected to it at least. In the middle of all that chaos and party, and, and sin that was going on, and that would have been Joshua in them. But, no, he's going to wait for God. God him, got him at the bottom of the mountain. I'll just wait at the bottom of the mountain. How long are you going to stay there? Until Moses comes down. There's some things we got to stay through. What are you staying through right now? God's trying to bring somebody through this stuff. You're in that battle. God's trying to tell you right now. You're in it. I'm preaching to somebody right now. God woke me up with this. Me and my house, Gordon. And I had no idea. I preached this text in June or May. Somebody's coming through it. They're in it. They're in the battle. Somebody might need to help them raise their arms. Somebody's going to do that. I'll tell you who's going to do that in a minute. And somebody help you raise your arms. Or look. God may have you in a place, Jay. He just says, hey, you, to, don't move till I tell you to. I'm going to tell you, young Joshua right here is learning some things. Now, when I read this text a moment ago, as for me in my house, Joshua's an old man. It don't stop there. Now, after, after, I may just preach my introduction, give an invitation. God's swinging this thing a different way. After, he waits on Moses to come down. Moses comes down. Moses is mad when he sees the people. He throws the law down and breaks the law. That is a picture of this. You're a lawbreaker before you ever heard it. The law's broken. You're a lawbreaker before you ever knew the law of God. So I don't know what the Bible says. You're a lawbreaker. That's a picture of it being broken before it was ever read. 
And there he breaks it, and he's all mad. God said, hey, said I'm going to write another one, but this time you hew out the stone. Last time God, the first time God hewed it out. You hew out the next stone, and I'm still going to write on it. Now, what does that mean? Here's what it means. The first table was all God. The second testament was going to man was going to be part of that. How do you know? Because when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son made of a woman. There's the flesh part to cut it out. It was going to come through the lineage of David, but it is still going to be by the hand of God. So these two testaments, the first one's broken before they ever heard it. The second one, bless God, is still in effect today. Watch this. Doesn't stop there. God brings them out 11 days to the, to the to, well, a year, but it was an 11-day journey. A year after, they've got the law now. They've got the law. They know what to do. They're going to begin their journey. They get to the promised land. They get to where God told them is going, and here's what happens. They wanted spies. I know that Numbers said that, that God sent, said send the spies, but you go to Deuteronomy, it gives you the full picture. That's why you can't just read one book and say I've got it all. Deuteronomy tells you that they wanted to send the spies, so God said go ahead and send them. So they send the spies. Two of the boys' name, one is Caleb, the other one is this Joshua. When they get there, the land's just exactly what God said it was. With this, there's going to be a little effort involved in taking this thing. You know what we want? We want all the blessing, all the fruit, perfect weather, everything just right, all the goodness of God without any effort on our part. It's going to take something out of you to get what God's got for you. That's why he said, work out your own salvation with A plus, fear and trembling. So we know what that says. So can we expect that to happen? You're going to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. People have no fear of God anymore. They go, 10 of the spies say we can't do it. They discourage all the people. Caleb and Joshua says we can do it. They weep, rent their clothes, fall down with Aaron and Moses. They're tore up because the rest of them give this bad report. And who knows, who knows this, that bad news is what everybody wants to hear. I'm going to get on this horse again. They may throw me off Facebook, but it won't be the first time. One of the greatest events that's happened in our nation was the overturning of the death of babies. You know what you see on the news? How wicked a decision that was. My point is this. People receive bad news easier than good news. The good news is his gospel. You can be saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and it's free. He's paid the price. It won't cost you a dime. You can have it, but people don't want it because it's free. That's good news. I want good news. Amen. Weren't no different in Joshua's day. 
But Joshua and Caleb. Forty years. Listen. He's watched the water parted. He's won the war by the power of God. He waited at the bottom of the mountain on the man Moses. He's done these things over and over. It's another hand of God upon this man Joshua. It comes down to this. It comes to walking into the new ground. He comes back and says, it's ours for the taking. They don't want it. And then you know what he has to do? He has to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. There's Christians today that never entered into where God wanted them to be and they just wandering in the wilderness wondering where's all this good stuff I hear these Christians talking about. They just wandering around. What am I going to do? Joshua was innocent but he prayed, paid the price right along with the guilty. He didn't get to go in at that time, Brother Randall. He's walking around with them. So when they're out there in the hot and the sun and the heat and the trouble and all the things are coming against them, and, and here they are. But you know what? God fed them every day. He watered them all along the way, and their feet didn't even swell. They had a pair of Nikes or something, and they wore them things for 40 years. Now, they didn't have Nikes back then, but they had some kind of footwear. They weren't barefooted. Some kind of sandal. This thing is 40-year-old sandals. And they're walking around in them. And God's providing for them all the way. Can I tell you, if you're here in the wilderness today, God's provided for you. Every, if you be God's, he's provided for you every day. All the way through. I'm, I'm going to cut this sermon off right here. I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm changing this thing up right now. You know something peculiar about Joshua? I've never seen this before, Jimmy. You know who Joshua was? The son of Nun. And you in. Joshua's the son of Nun. He's, he's referred to as that. And then when another Joshua comes on the scene, Jehozadak, they'll tell you, this is, uh, this is Joshua, the son of Jehozadak or Jehozadak. I can't remember which way it's pronounced. But the, he's the different boy. This is not the same Joshua. You know what there's no record of? What did Joshua say? As for me and my who? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. There weren't nobody in the house but Joshua. That's a little strange. Don't you think that's strange? Joshua said, as for me and my house, I thought, I thought, I can't remember reading about, where's Joshua's kids? Nope. He's the son of none. He's the daddy of none, according to Scripture, all right? And God didn't put them in there, one or the other. Ain't nothing about a wife. Ain't nothing about children. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Well, who owns in the house of Joshua? 
I mean, most everybody in this room knows who dad and mom is, and brothers and sisters, if you have any, and kinfolk somewhere down the line, a grandpa, grandma, somebody. I mean, there's somebody in the house. The family is considered the house. Are you with me? Every house is built by some man. God built all things. We know every, God, there is a house. We have a house in heaven. We're looking for a city that has foundations. If the house of this tabernacle be dissolved, praise God, one of these days this thing will be the house of this tabernacle is going to be dissolved. We have a, a home in heaven not made with hands, praise God, eternal in the heavens. We know these things concerning the house. Stay with me, I'm about done. Joshua, no family, but a house. What does that mean? You know who Joshua's a picture of, don't you? Joshua is the Old Testament name for the New Testament, Yeshua, Jesus. We have him here. I read somewhere from someone, I can't remember who said this, I'd like to give them credit for it. Someone read somewhere, Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Said Jesus had no children that he could adopt all children. That's good, isn't it? I wish I'd have thought of that. Jesus had no children that he could adopt all children. Now, Joshua is a picture of Jesus in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, Joshua's the only one, the only other one that, that, that met him under this condition when he said, kick your shoes off because you're standing on Holy Ghost. He said, I'm the captain of the host. That's who he was. Joshua has seen the, the uh, pre-incarnate Christ. I, th that's him. He's the captain of the host. And so Joshua is told to do this. But Joshua don't have a house. You know what we are? We're the house. We're the house. You know what they, you know what they all were to Joshua? Joshua, you know what they all were to him? The house. Joshua looks out at all the people. And he said, you choose. You choose. But here's what he's saying. If you're going to be with me, you choose. But as for me and my house, for me and my house, if you're going to be in my house, if you're going to be part of my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Can I tell you? If you're going to be part of the family that I'm part of, there's what it is. We're going to serve the Lord. That's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Who is that? That's God Almighty. Praise God. That's Jehovah Jireh. That's Jehovah Shalom. That's Jehovah Nisei. Jehovah Rapha. That is Jehovah God, the eternal Lord. As for me and my house, you can serve whoever you want to, but I tell you who I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve the Lord. Why would you do that? Cause, that's exactly right, baby. Because here's what he does. He bought us 
You're bought with a price. I paid a lot for you boys. You're bought with a price. He paid a lot for you. Oh, oh, how he loves me. He's the hurricane and I'm the tree. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, how he loves me. I'm bought with him. I love him because he first loved me. He bought us, but he not only bought us, bless God, but he taught us. He taught us. We got in the, in the, in the scriptures more, we never got over to the end verses in chapter 3, but it is this. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? By the Spirit of God. He teaches us. If you've been saved for four or five years, I hope you know more now than you knew when you got in this thing. Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There it is. Understand the doctrine of God. I understand that. And we may disagree on some isms that's in there, but for the bottom line, you better know this. Jesus Christ and Him only. God the Father sent God the Son and God the Son died and rose again and sent God the Holy Ghost to be our comforter and our stay and to seal us with the spirit of redemption. Praise God. We better know these things. It's by the blood. Jesus said, I am the way. There is no alternative way. And how do you know that? Because he taught us. He taught us. He bought us, taught us. But here's what he's going to do. You know what Joshua had done right here? He brought us. He brought me up out of an horrible pit. Amen. Out of the miry clay, set my feet up on the rock, and established my goings. He's brought you here today. He's brought you here today. He didn't just bring you. It's not happenstance, coincidence that you're here today. Come on, right? It's, 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 not, uh, it, it's, not, it, it's not just by chance. No, God knew God knew you'd be here today. He knew what I'd preach, and he's changed this message around, and he wants you to know today that just like Joshua, Joshua had paid the price for them. He went to battle for them. Jesus went to battle for me. He went to battle for me. And he's taught me a thing or two. I'll tell you what he's taught me. He's taught me that I can't make it without him. He's taught me that I'm accepted in him and him only. He's taught me I can't get to heaven without him. But now he's brought me a long ways, but he's not brought me to where he's going to take me yet. Would you let him, would you let him bring you today? We stand our feet, they sing a song. If you have something to pray about, you ought to come. Maybe you're the waiter. Maybe you're waiting. Maybe you're coming through it. Maybe you're in the battle. Maybe you're having the trouble. Maybe you're lost. You ought to come today. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.